back. It's Monday. We're looking at the markets. And last week, we kind of had our ass handed to us. Anybody who's long in any stocks, any crypto, getting absolutely hammered. I mean, we saw, we saw the Dow Jones have, we saw the entire stock market have its worst week or its worst day since 2020, since the March 2020 liquidity crunch. I think at, at its worst, Dow Jones was down 1,300 points. NASDAQ had it a bit worse at down 700 points. We saw all, all major stocks take a crap. My favorite stocks, uh, commodity stocks like DNN, CCJ, uh, those are both uranium miners. AG, which is First Majestic Silver, Endeavor Silver, EXK, getting absolutely hammered. We're getting, we're getting inflation numbers on Wednesday, and the last numbers were 8.5%. And that was actually the worst since December of 1981. And we were losing 8.5% of the purchasing power of our dollars every year. And I don't prefer that. I'm sure you don't prefer that. You're feeling it at the grocery store, at the gas pump. And we need a way to hedge against that. And I was observant of this a year ago. I was observant of it two years ago when this, the COVID stimulus packages were introduced and they decided it was a good idea to lock down the country and print $3 trillion. I, I wasn't the first to say it, but you know, history doesn't always repeat itself, but it rhymes. And when governments increase the money supply and they create money out of thin air, it devalues the purchasing power of the dollars. So not surprisingly, we're hit with inflation and I want to be able to protect the purchasing power of my dollars. So I want to be able to hedge against inflation, but the best, the number one inflation hedge for the last, you know, several decades is gold and gold has been absolutely crushed silver as well. Two of my favorite inflation hedges, they're getting absolutely crapped on. So it's, there's not really any perfect way to protect yourself at this point. I mentioned this in last week's Max's Morning Market Mania that in a liquidity crunch like we saw in March of 2020, it is not individual investors that are deciding the, uh, the sell orders. It's the margin clerks because a lot of people invest on margin. They take their $100,000 in assets and then they use that as collateral to borrow an extra $40,000 to invest from you know the broker, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, Schwab, whatever it is. But if your $100,000 in collateral gets, you know, it loses 60% or so, and you only have 40,000, and your collateral is worth 40,000, and you borrowed 40,000, the margin clerks are gonna auto liquidate all of your assets and use that money to pay back the margin, the money that you owe them. So that's kind of, it's eerily similar of March of 2020, what's going on right now. And I don't know if it's going to get worse, but if it's anything like March of 2020, it could be a generational opportunity right now. And I think it was March 23rd of 2020 when the markets were at their very bottom, the trough, the opposite of a peak. If you bought any stock there, it'd be like throwing, put, put the stocks on a dartboard and just throw the fucking dart. And any stock you pick, you would have cleaned up. You would have absolutely killed the game. And I don't know if that's what we're going to see in the near term. Uh, I mentioned this in last week as well. Uh, the Great Depression, it kicked off in 1929 and the stock market peaked in 1929. And it took over 25 years for it to get back to its uh, previous high. So if you put in 100K, 
it, you'd have to, it would take 25 years for you to break even. But in, when, in March of 2020, if you bought that trough, I mean, you, you were in the money very, very quickly. So let's see, Bitcoin got absolutely clobbered. Thursday, it was down 9%. That was the worst day we saw last week. And why did that happen? Well, of course, we have record inflation. We have the Federal Reserve uh, tightening their monetary easing. So there's quantitative easing and quantitative tightening. They are lessening the printing of money. So instead of printing $80 billion a month and buying up assets, they're only printing $20 billion a month and buying up assets. So they're still inflating the currency supply, but not by nearly as much. And Wednesday, we had something pretty interesting, the FOMC meeting. So the Federal Reserve uh, Chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, he came out and you can, you can see something fundamental change in the markets at 2.15 p.m. on Wednesday. Jerome Powell opened his big fat mouth and I think it was already priced in, but we knew that we were gonna get a 0.5% a interest rate hike, which in the grand scheme is absolutely nothing. Uh, but during that meeting, he actually, uh, he emphasized that they had not even thought of raising it 0.75%. So it seemed like the market already had that half an interest rate, half a percentage interest rate hike priced in because once they found out it wasn't going to get any worse, the markets absolutely rallied. The, the closing hour and 45 minutes was an absolute banger. I saw some call options on, uh, on the SPY, which is a, a smaller index of the S&P 500. I saw them go 20x, 2000% in an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't in the trades. Uh, it's very high risk trading uh, on news like that because a lot of times it makes absolute no sense. And reality set in the next morning when, uh, as I said, the Dow Jones went down as much as 1,300 points, NASDAQ down, up, down as much as 700. So Wednesday, we're getting the inflation numbers out year over year. A lot of economists are saying that it's peaking right now. Uh, we, I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend like I have a fucking clue. I, they cook these numbers. They underreport inflation. They kind of have to, or else it would set off a firestorm in the economy. You know, if they if they actually reported the inflation numbers correct, then Social Security payments would have to drastically increase to keep up with inflation. They, they say it's eight and a half percent. If you use the metrics that were used in 1980 to measure inflation, then it's much closer to 17%. The U.S. government and their consumer price index, 40% of that, so consumer price index is basically just the measure of inflation. 40% of that is weighted in uh, rent equivalent increases, and I think they have the number of like 45 4.7% which is absolute baloney. It's horse shit. If you go to Zillow, Realtor.com, Bloomberg, you can go to a myriad of other sources and they're going to give you something in the double digits. So that's a huge portion of the consumer price index and they're underreporting it. So I don't know what we're going to get for the... There we go. We got the opening bell. What are we looking at? We got the... Jay, you want to hit the... Oh, she's moving down. Uh, up right here, you want to put it in the 15-minute candlesticks? I don't know why it, where it says D, left. Thank you, Audio Master Jay Cotter. 
And by the way, I didn't mention this, but this is the very first live stream that we've done. So anybody who's with us, joining us, thank you for uh, joining in. Happy to have you guys. The opening of the market, Dow Jones opens down a little bit. Uh, I'm actually looking to add to my positions in my favorite stocks like AG and DNN, uh, UEC. Uh, yeah, Denison Mines, it's a uranium miner in Canada. They're in the Athabasca Basin, which is the second richest area in uranium on the planet after Kazakhstan. And I'm very, very bullish on nuclear energy. I want to... I want to reduce the carbon emissions just like the next guy. It's not a right versus left issue. We know that we need to clean up the world. And if you using nuclear energy, it's not only safe and reliable, it's very dense in energy. So, you know, if you want to power a city, you need uh, a thousand warehouses full of 55 gallon drums of oil just to fit that in. But you can fit enough uh, nuclear power, enough uranium to power a city just in like, not a basement, but something very, very, you know, significantly smaller. So every single stock is getting hammered. Uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin made it down to 32,000. And that has been an absolute train wreck. I actually want to see what what that is down on the week. It's down 14.27% on the week, down 23% monthly and down 41% year over year. Now, I am pretty interested in Bitcoin. It's a beautiful technology. It's a open source uh, ledger. And I'm not a blockchain engineer who can describe these technologies to you in the most advanced, proficient way. But I believe it's something worth looking into. I'm not temporarily, I'm not near-term bullish on Bitcoin or anything. I think there's a lot more downside. But in terms of the future of money and what's going to happen, I am paying attention to Bitcoin because it is certainly getting widely adopted by uh, institutions, big businesses, people all over the world. And the coming regulations are also a part of what's driving the price down, along with kind of a liquidity crunch right now. People are selling whatever they can just to get to dollars. And I think there's a big impact on what's going to happen in our future financial system because with Bitcoin, because we cannot print money forever. We can't just, uh, I mean, it, it caused inflation. It ruins people's lives. And back in the past, currencies used to be backed by gold because you cannot print gold. You can only dig it out of the ground and that requires work. It requires economic output. It requires capital. It requires time. And just like Bitcoin, you can't just print Bitcoin. It requires energy. It requires economic output. You need that electricity to aid in the blockchain and what the blockchain does to be able to mine the Bitcoin. So we need something like that, something that is not able to be printed out of thin air. We need something like that to back our dollars, because if not, then these irresponsible idiots in our government, they're just going to print as much as they can because it buys them votes. You, you promise everyone a bunch of free shit and you print all this money, increase all this spending. You get the point. News alert, Dow lost over 450 points at the opening bell on Monday, while the S&P 500 and NASDAQ underperformed by falling 1.7% and 2.1%. So uh, one other, two other things I wanted to touch on. 
So in a liquidity crunch, people go to dollars. They'll sell whatever they can to get to dollars. And when they do that, because the dollar is, it's the world reserve currency at the moment. And although it is being hopelessly devalued, uh, it, other currencies are being even more devalued. You can look at the Japanese yen, uh, most of the currencies in South America, the euro, they're, they're all in the same boat. But as I've said this before, the US dollar is the cleanest shirt in the dirty hamper. So right now people are flooding to dollars and the DXY, which is actually a measure of the dollars, of US dollars against a basket of other currencies, it's at a 20 year high. It's even higher than it was during uh, March, 2020, the liquidity crunch. Oh, before I forget, let's, let's see what Rivian is doing. Shout out to my boy, Brian Woodkey. He was telling me, educating me on uh, Rivian, which this is a fun story because it is a textbook scenario of a stock market bubble. Uh, Rivian had $0 in sales. It had sold zero cars, but on the IPO, the initial public offering, when this stock went live, uh, when the stock went live, it actually made it to $130 billion market cap. And to put things into perspective, Ford is at a $45 billion market cap. They've been in business over 100 years, and they produce a literal fuck ton of cars. Rivian hadn't produced shit. They hadn't turned a dollar, and they were worth $130 billion. But the euphoria in a stock market bubble, like we saw, and it comes from all that money printing, we saw it get to $130 billion market cap. And now it is, I don't know what the market cap is right now, but I know it's down over 80 or 90% from its high. I think it was 170, 180 bucks at its peak. It's a $25 stock right now. But as I was saying, my boy, Brian Woodkey, he was telling me that the, a lot of the shares that were locked up by major institutions, basically incentivizing them to hold the stock for a while, uh, the lockup period expired and there a lot of people were dumping the stock. So he was betting on the price going down by buying puts and it went down a lot. It says it's down 13% right now. So those puts printed as we say. Okay. One more, one more thing that I find interesting. Uh, I may have spoke about this in one of the first Max's morning market manias. And that is what happened in the nickel market. And nickel is a commodity. It's traded on the London Metals Exchange. And it's, you use the futures contracts to determine the price of it. People aren't, you know, trading, uh, like nickel gets traded by the ton. People aren't, you know, changing hands, you know, with a ton of nickel. They're not moving it to a different warehouse every time to move the price. They buy or sell futures contracts. And we saw an incredible short squeeze in the nickel market and it resulted. So a short squeeze is when there's a lot of short interest. People are betting on it going down, but the price goes up. So those short positions, they are losing money and those short positions need to be purchased back. And when they get purchased back, uh, they per they're purchased back for a loss and it drives the price up even further. So we saw nickel go, I think it was 4x in about a week, maybe 10 trading days or so. And they actually halted trading. JP Morgan lost their ass. They were out a billion dollars. Big company in China lost their ass as well. And 
this is some communist shit, but they halted trading and they canceled all the trades that happened in that period of time, which is absolute fuck. So JP Morgan lost a billion dollars. Nope, never mind. We're just going to cancel that trade. Here's your billion that you thought you lost. So if I were to have, if I were a smart person in finance and I were looking at that and I saw this short squeeze coming, I might want to profit, you know, might have the opportunity to turn 2,800 bucks into 5,600 or something like that, make some money for myself, but they would have canceled those trades. And that is some communist shit. And some very similar stuff happens in the gold and silver market. As I've said, they're the best inflation hedges, but they are being creamed right now. Gold was at, I think it traded as high as like 2070, $2,070 an ounce uh, during the peak of this Russia-Ukraine event. And now it's down to 1866 last I checked this morning. And what happens in there, uh, it is de- the price is determined by the futures market. And there is the the paper contracts are worth exponentially more exponentially more than the actual metal is so for example when the price got creamed after it peaked uh in silver i don't know if it was all bank of america but one year of global mining supply on paper was sold short putting uh, negative, uh, you know, selling pressure, putting downward pressure on the price, and it absolutely hammered the price. And these are just leveraged financial products. It's phony baloney shit, but here on usdebtclock.org, this can give you an, a, an idea of how exactly this works. So dollar to silver ratio, it means the amount of dollars in existence versus the amount of sil- silver ounces in existence. And there is 360 paper contracts of silver ownership for each actual ounce of physical silver. So when something like this happens, there's an arbitrage. And eventually, it has to go back to equilibrium. Imagine a game of musical chairs, and you have 360 people that all... They all want to sit in the same chair. They're all walking around. They all think they own the same ounce of silver. But then when the music stops, only one person can sit down in that chair. 359 people will be out of it. So it's leveraged at 360 to 1. And that is what's causing the, the price to be so low. And I think at some point, that's going to absolutely take off. I think that system will break. It's very similar with what happened in nickel because nickel went up 4x in value in like 5 to 10 trading days. I think silver will do something very similar at one point. And this is my preferred inflation hedge, although it has not kept up with inflation. I mean, pretty much nothing has. Maybe some individual stocks, but most indices have been taking craps too. So that's something interesting. You can do some research on that. I'll continue to talk about that in future episodes. It's something I'm always going to be monitoring. I'm buying on all the dips because I think there is a day where silver will be several hundred dollars an ounce. And right now you can get it for $22, less than half of its all-time high, which was set in 1980. All right, so major indices, they're still trading down. All right, ladies and gents, I think that is a good wrap for Max's Morning Market Mania. Stay smart out there. 
don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Uh, make sure you're educated in what you're doing. Don't just buy every single dip. We might be seeing a different, uh, a different, a different market than we've ever seen. The traditional method of buy the dip and dollar cost average your way into major indices for decades in a row. It might not be that way for the next decade to come, but we shall see. And until next time, guys, on Max's Morning Market Mania, thanks for tuning in.